uh, struggling to believe. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 14. Hear the word of God. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. No one takes his honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also, Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. <laughs> There's a struggle uh, to believe, the struggle uh, to believe Christianity, to believe the gospel, uh, to believe uh, Jesus and where he calls us to in the gospel. It's a struggle to believe because we're, we're not always sure that it will work out in the end. We're not always sure that we'll make it through to the end, the pressures and challenges around us. It's a struggle uh, to believe. No admission, right? You've, you've seen at various times like a sign or something that says no admission. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of sign, whether it's um, whatever different situation, uh, the sign kind of declaring to you uh, that, that you don't fit in, that you don't, that you don't get in. A sign that kind of brings out our insecurities of, uh, of not being good enough or not fitting in, that there's some of them, something going on uh, that we're excluded from, right? Maybe it's some impressive party and you see people all dressed up going in and you're kind of not allowed in there, or maybe it's something uh, different. But that sign, no admission, um, brings, out, brings out our insecurities that way. I've, I've, even been, uh, I've even been turned down, this is embarrassing to admit, I've been turned away from the dollar movie theater. I got a no admission from the from the dollar movie theater. I mean, like when you can't make it into the cheap movie theater, what's what's going on? Um, but they've got a policy. Uh, if you go over there, the movies eight uh, Starplex Cinema there uh, off of North Monroe. Uh, you go over there, they've got a policy that if you're uh, if you show up 15 minutes after the listed movie time, no admission. They won't they won't let you in, even though you know that it's just been like commercial you know, previews the whole time. They've hardly even started in, but they won't let you in. So. Apparently I wasn't good enough. I, my, my tardiness was not excusable for them. I got the, uh, the no admittance. I didn't fit in at the dollar movie theater. Um, it's a struggle for us to believe that we can gain uh, admission into the presence of God, uh, into the presence of God and his love. Uh, when we think about the, the creator God who 
made the universe to life and whatever he wants in, in all of the universe and a God who is perfect, who is holy, who is just, who is a just judge, and that we could be in his presence and be liked, I'll be loved, be delighted in, not be kicked out. It's a struggle for us to believe. Maybe, maybe we're afraid that, that even if we were there, we would be rejected. We wouldn't really have a place where we wouldn't really belong. Maybe we're afraid. Um, so I think at times we're afraid of coming to God. We're afraid of believing the gospel for fear that oh, that sign might say no admission for us, right? Like, um, you know, what if you pursue Christianity and they're saying, oh, if this is open for everyone, the gospel goes out to everyone. You keep going in and you feel like, oh, it doesn't fit for me. Right? There's still oh, that fear there. Um, but Scripture says that God has designed us uh, for relationship with Him. It's how He's He's made us. C.S. Lewis describes it in terms of um, that we that we have a God-shaped void uh, within our hearts, and we may try to cram all of kind of other things to fill it and to satisfy it. But ultimately, it's only that relationship with God uh, that's satisfying to us. But at times, even if we admit that there's that that God-shaped void might exist or, or exist in our hearts, there's still that fear that. And it won't work out for us. That void's not going to be filled because I may need God, but He doesn't need me. And how do I know that He wants me? How do I know that He would accept me and let me into relationship with Him? Hebrews uh, points us in that struggle uh, to Christ as our priest, uh, to Christ as one who intercedes for us, mediates for us, for Christ as the one who gives us admission uh, into God's presence. He takes the, takes the no admission sign down, if you will, and puts up a big uh, welcome, please, enter sign, inviting us through his blood and through his sacrifice into God's presence to be accepted into his love. So look at two sides of the passage as we go through uh, some of these verses and thus uh, struggling for admission. Uh, first of all, what we, what we don't like to admit, and then uh, secondly, what we, how we long to be admitted. But as we, as we go through just thinking on this topic and thinking in this passage, I'd encourage you to, to ask yourself uh, where you think you fit in. On the spiritual side, but even just on the, on the social uh, side with people. Where do, you feel like, where do you feel like you fit in? What places do you feel like you fit in or that you deserve to be allowed in there? You, you fit with those people, right? And, and why? Why do you think that you deserve to, to be in that place, to be with those people, maybe not others? And secondly, where are, you, where are you afraid that you won't fit in, that they won't like you, uh, that they won't let you in? And, and what are those fears that you have for why uh, you might be rejected? Not only uh, in all of life, but especially in the, in the Christian faith, faith we can feel a struggle uh, for admission. Uh, the Hebrews speaks to it in that to give us confidence in Christ. So first of all, then we don't, uh, the things that we don't like to admit. Um, and here we're talking no, not so much about what we don't want to let in, uh, but more so what we don't want to let out about ourselves. Um, there's things we don't want anyone to know, uh, particularly out a word, as the pastors would describe it, in a word, we don't like to admit our weakness. Uh, or even more so, we don't like to admit our wrongs. We're afraid that if those things get out, uh, no one will want us. No one will accept us. Um, No one will let us in. 
I mean, you know that. You've, you know, you've been on the playground at some point when you were little, and there was some game going on, and everyone's picking teams, right? And, um, and as soon as those teams are being picked, you know, if you're not the captain, then you're kind of worried, like, I, when am I going to get picked? And, and it pretty much goes, you know, the people who seem to be like they're going to be strongest for that game are the ones that are picked early, and the people who might be weak at it are, are left around kind of waiting at the end. Am I going to get to be on a team? And even if you've never been that person who is last, you still felt the fear of, I hope I'm not last. Or if you felt sorry for the person who, who seems like the, the right team of the old show, uh, when was that? Um, the, um, the weakest link, right? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Um, yeah, you, don't, you don't want to hear that, and we're, we're afraid of that. Um, and much more, worse than just some of that uh, weaknesses is when we're, we know that we're wrong. When we know that we've, that we've broken the rules, that maybe we didn't even realize they were there, but now we've, we've crossed the line, we've crossed some kind of boundary, and now we don't fit anymore. Uh, we did the one thing that, that you're not supposed to do around that group of people. We're let these persons know, and now, now we don't fit. We're afraid that our wrongs are going to make us unacceptable uh, to someone else. Um, there, uh, I had a deep pit of that fear in my stomach uh, earlier, earlier this week. I crossed, the, I crossed the boundary I wasn't supposed to cross. Um, trying to figure out where we're going to meet over, over next week, right? So we've, we're in this room all semester except the next two weeks. Um, and, then, and next week, we didn't even know where we were going to be. We didn't have any place that, that they'd given us to reserve. So I was looking online to figure out what's going on, and, and I saw that they're having a big conference next week, which has all the different rooms reserved. And I knew what conference it was, and I was like, oh. You know, sometimes they reserve extra rooms. I'm going to email them and ask if they know if they're using all the rooms. Maybe we'd still be able to, to get that space. I didn't hear anything back from them. That was fine. But I was just like, oh, and put a nice email so the next day, uh, I sent an email down to guest services that handles all the reservations. And um, I sent the email, and I got the email back in like just a couple minutes. Um, and, uh, and the guy was, the guy said to me, I was just about to email you. It's like, you need to come to us directly. Don't go around our back to other people who are reserving stuff and put pressure on them to kind of get space. And I was, I, could, I mean, he wasn't that mean in the email, but I could read it, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I didn't realize it, but I crossed that boundary. Um, I crossed the line there, and I, it was like a little while before I could email him again and hear back from him, and I was like, oh, man. And I was just feeling that fear of, like, I've, I've broken what I wasn't supposed to do. I'm wrong, and am I going to be rejected? <laughs> you know, or you could lose their space, you know, for the rest of the semester. We, you know, we kind of violated uh, some, some rules that were there. Um, and, and honestly, uh, Brandon Bowden is the guy that, that runs that. He's run it for a while, and he's a great guy, and he knows what he's doing. Um, he's actually very, very helpful. And um, he wasn't even so much upset with me, but I'm still bearing that fear internally um, that, uh, that, I've, that I've done something wrong, and now I'm going to be rejected, right? Um, you know, I apologized to him, and he was quick to say, it's no foul play, it's not a, not a big deal, just you know, be careful not to do that. And, and he set us up to be able to be in the ballroom. He's still helping us out and taking care of us, right? Um, but we know that kind of fear when we realize that it's just with someone else, maybe there's a boundary that we didn't know we weren't supposed to cross. Maybe it's one we knew pretty well we shouldn't have crossed. But we've, we've gone across on the other side, and now we're worried what's going to happen. Um, before God, we've, we've crossed the line of what he said we're supposed to do and things we're supposed not to do. Are we, is there any way for us to fit in? Um, why do you think Hebrews talks about priests? Uh, in this passage, and actually a lot further on continues to, to talk about priests. Or why do you think religions in general a lot of time have, have priests? 
we don't think we're good enough to get in. And in a sense we're in a sense we're right. And the idea of God is one who's perfect, who's pure, who's holy and just, and and we we know without too much thinking that we're not perfect. Um, even that we're we're impure, we're defiled, we have we have evil thoughts, we've done things that are very much across the line, certainly God's lines, where we're messed up and we're we're broken. But maybe we can get someone else to, to go talk to God for us. Right? Maybe we can get someone else to mediate between between us, us and God. That's Hebrews 5.1. Every high priest is chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. To be that mediator, to speak to God on our behalf. Um, his job is to represent a polluted people uh, before a holy God. Uh, to make us acceptable to God though we're, though we're not anywhere close to what we should be. Um, and what he does is, is offer gifts and sacrifices for sins, right, in, in 5.1. Uh, gifts admitting that, that we don't deserve to be there. That we don't deserve to be in God's presence. And sacrifices admitting that what we actually deserve, right, it's for, it's for our very life uh, to be rejected. Um, it's death, it's condemnation. It's a bloody sacrifice of an animal. It's a gruesome and ugly picture of what we actually uh, deserve. We love having y'all over to our house, having students over to our house. Uh, our kids love it when y'all come over. In fact, like usually if they know that students are coming over later in the day, they're like, are the students coming over? Are the students coming over? And they get like really rambunctious and a lot of fun. Um, but sometimes when y'all are there, they get shy, too. You've, you've seen them sometimes just keep talking and not, not stop, and you see them get shy. And, and sometimes they'll be shy, but there's still something they want to tell y'all or a story they want to, to be told. And they'll, they'll come and get me and be like, Daddy, Daddy, would you, would you still tell Matt, you know, this? Would you still tell Sam about this other thing? Um, and then they have this fear, right, like of, of how you're going to respond to the story or what you might say or just, or just to stand in front of you and to say something that they're thinking. Um, they get me to do it for them instead. Um, Y'all aren't scary, not scary to me, and really not scary to my, uh, to my kids particularly either. Um, but um, but when, we, when we understand the character of God, uh, the full character of God's holiness, uh, his righteousness, uh, him as the ultimate judge, pretty quickly is there someone else who could talk to him for us? But is there someone else who could, who, could, who could say this instead of us? It's a lot safer to tell the, tell the human priest in the mindset they're talking about here uh, because that, the other person, the other human priest uh, involved is, is weak and messed up too. Uh, they're broken, as the, as the passage says. Uh, they're obligated to offer sacrifices for their own sin. So if they reject you, you at least know that, it, that they're wrong for rejecting you because it's an even playing field when it comes to, to us and anyone else because we're all broken, we're all sin, we've all... I'm messed up. Uh, but it's easier than to safer, maybe, to, to feel like we can tell uh, this other person. Even there, though, it's, um, it's difficult to admit that there's, that there's reasons that we deserve to be rejected. That there's reasons that we, that we shouldn't be let in. That we shouldn't be given minutes. Uh, if you're going for an interview, one of the one of the classic interview questions is, uh, you know, they, they tell you, uh, list, tell me, tell me three things about yourself, right? Can you tell me uh, three characteristics about yourself? 
You're supposed to come up with something to kind of present all of your strengths to them that they get like a great feel, you know, for who you are and how you're just the perfect person for uh, their situation. Um, so how about, uh, you know, three, three things about yourself. Um, ignorant. Start off with ignorance. Wandering and weak. Right. Like it was a great impression of it, right? If, you're, if, you, if you want to be admitted into something, I'm ignorant, I'm kind of wandering and really, really kind of weak. Did I get the job? Right? Uh, is this going to work out for me? Um, but, uh, but here's the thing. That's what Hebrews says about us, right? Um, uh, in verse 2, he can deal gently with the, with the ignorant and the wayward or mistaken or wandering or deluded, even uh, deceit, uh, being, those being deceived. Uh, the, the ignorant, the wayward, and us just like the priests are uh, beset with weakness. Not really a great uh, impression of ourselves. Um, but this is what we're forced to admit uh, as we come to God. Uh, which is maybe often one of the reasons why we'd rather not come to God. Whether we would rather hide from Him, why we're, why we're afraid of doing so, because it involves admitting that as we stand before God. It's hard to admit that you're weak. It's hard to have that you to admit that you don't even have the ability to meet someone else's standard. I can't even do what you what you long for me to do. I certainly don't want to admit your ignorance uh, that you that you don't even know enough to be accepted by like a particular group of people. I don't know enough to fit into your club. I can't play chess well enough. I don't know enough trivia about the office or you know whatever different different things are kind of social standards. Um, I want to say that we're I want to admit that we're ignorant. <laughs> um, and how does it look to admit that they're they're wandering? I'm just kind of kind of wandering. I don't really sure where I am. I'm not really sure where I'm going, but I'm sure that your company would be a perfect fit for me, right? Um, not gonna uh, to admit that we're wayward in the past, say deluded, uh, deceived, that we're mistaken. Uh, even when we, even if you are simply compared to your own goals for yourself, and when, when we're compared to our own goals for ourselves, we're wayward. We're we're wandering. We haven't hit all those goals. We're we're falling short of that. How much more uh, considered uh, what God calls us uh, to. Uh, yeah, this is a place where a lot of us might be uh, described uh, this way, and sometimes it's something maybe that we're even even glad of, um, especially in terms of wandering away from God. You could you could talk about that wandering as a deluded or, or being uh, deceived, even deceiving ourselves. And our fear is that we'll be told no admission. You don't get in. You don't fit. Um, there's no place at God's uh, table for you allowed into his house. And that, that fear uh, keeps a lot of us from struggling to believe. It makes that struggle seem like it's not worthwhile. If it's not going to work out, if I don't even know if I get in, if I try to produce stuff that I don't even have the ability to produce to get in, I don't know what to do with it. And, and typically, I think, in, in life, our tendency is to like to interview questions, it's to hide, um, it's to hide our weakness, hide our wrongs, so that we're still admitted. Like people don't know how screwed up I am. I bet they'll still like me. <laughs> that's how I live my life. I'll, I'll tell you all everything. Uh, that's, that's how we live before one another. We we tend to try to hide, uh, to hide a lot. But Christianity, all that's re- is reversed. Christianity, all that's reversed entirely. The only way to be admitted in. By admitting our wrongs, admitting our inability, 
admitting our need uh, for Jesus. Because really, who can come into the presence of, of a perfect God except someone who himself is perfect? And Jesus is the one who's, who's gained admission. Gained admission into God's presence because of his perfection. That in every place where we're tempted, uh, where we're tested, and we constantly fail, maybe sometimes we feel like we've got it kind of all right, but then there's a whole host of other things that we fail on. Jesus was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Um, he, being perfect, uh, and in one sense in his character, still, still learned obedience to his Father and all the things that, he, that were brought to him and all his sufferings. And he was uh, made perfect. And as a perfect one, the passage says uh, in 14, we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. Right? Through his death and through his resurrection, uh, where has he gone? He's gained admittance. He's gone into the very presence of God, the very throne room of God, into his presence, the place of his rule, the place of his love, and the fullness of it. Um, and Jesus, is, as, as our high priest has gained that, um, as, our, as our representative and as our help, uh, he's gained that admission. As we, as we admit our need for him, what we find is that he's willing and that he's able to bring us into God's presence, to bring us in in such a way where we're acceptable, um, where we're delighted in, where we're, where we're loved, accepted in God's, God's presence. So we don't like to admit uh, our wrongs and our weaknesses, but at the same time we, we long to be admitted. We long to be admitted into God's presence, into the place of his favor. And in all types of, of circumstances, we want to be admitted, so we feel like we fit in. I mean, it just feels good when you meet some people and they're like, oh, come hang out with us. They're like, nice, they like me. <laughs> and you don't want to admit that you're that insecure, and maybe you're not, but I am. Like, I need people to like me. It feels good when someone says, oh, I want to hang out with you, or if they keep talking to me, if they don't just kind of turn their shoulder and, and look the other way. Um, we base so much of our, of our self-worth and what others think of us uh, and whether or not they'll accept us and how they accept us, whether it's a club, an organization, or going to some event or party or just a, just a group of people that we hope will, will like us. If we get that sense that someone doesn't want us around, it's painful. It's deep, deep wounds. Even if we don't really want to be around them, even if that's someone that we kind of don't like, but then we find out that they don't like us, we're like, oh, I'm sad about it. That's not fair. They, don't, they didn't even invite me. I didn't want to be at their place. They didn't invite me. That's wrong. Um, right, when you, see, uh, when you see a no trespassing sign, um, what do you want to do? <laughs> I wonder how you get in there. I wonder if anyone's watching, right? Can I jump over that fence? What's, what, what are they trying to keep me out of? And when you see the, the no admission sign, you want the privilege of being part of it. You feel excluded, like, oh, there's something that, that only certain people get to go to. I want to, I want to be there. Um, Earlier this week, uh, I got to go in the uh, the, the new uh, the new what I think it's called another student success building, like student success building two, the one uh, that's next, kind of across from Reagan's, just up from the student uh, life center with the movies and the same uh, same kind of complex, and it's got these signs on it that say, "Do not come in, not open for tours yet." Um, but but I was told to go in anyway because there was someone that I was supposed to talk to over there. And so I like looked at that sign. I'm like, ooh, it says you're not supposed to go in. <laughs> I'm kind of like proudly still getting to open the door. You know, like I feel cool about myself because I got to go into this place where it said don't go in. Um, 
That's what we want. We see that sign and we say, oh, we want, we want to get the privilege of being the one who does. I get to go in there. Um, it feels good when you have a ticket to some event, right? You kind of look at your ticket, you're like, this is cool. I mean, you ever notice how some, you know, some events, they just print out the little, like, stub ticket that's like this little piece of paper. And then some things have this, like, nice glossy finish with, like, little silver and gold, you know, like all these colors on it. And, and it's, it's because they know that if you have a ticket, you feel important. And the cooler your ticket is, the, the more important you feel like you are because you get to go to that thing. Um, that's what we want. We want to be able to get it. We long for that admit- admittance. We, we long to feel like we're special because we have a special ticket. Um, some of you applied for various different colleges and different places when you're figuring out where you wanted to go to school. And if you get that an admission letter back, you know, whatever grade school it was, you're still like, yeah, got in there. Like, that feels, that feels good. I, I could have gone to Florida. I just didn't want to, right? Um, or... Um, or, you know, people who keep, like, all kind of different uh, admission letters from, from most schools they, they apply to. We, we want all the letters that we receive back to be an admission letter, an acceptance uh, letter uh, for us. But, but much more than we long for that and all kind of other things, uh, we long to be in God's presence, to be accepted and admitted into God's presence. I mean, we feel good any time that we... We know uh, someone uh, important. You know, you got the you got the name dropping. It's kind of oh, yeah. You know, my uncle's friend actually was neighbors with someone that knew that guy. That's yeah. <laughs> like, why do we talk about that? But we we still do. Uh, it's, it's cool. We, we feel good when we know people that other people know. Like Holly was showing me this picture, and I think it's cool. Holly's got a picture of uh, her with Burt Reed, how uh, plays for Florida State football. She's got a picture with him. We're like, oh wow, Holly's got. A, I didn't get to get a picture with him. Like that's. Uh, Oh, uh, so some of you, I don't know if you watched the State of the Union uh, address the other night, but, um, but after the State of the Union, um, this just always cracks me up, right? Um, Obama's walking out, and how long does it take him to walk out? Like an hour, you know what I mean? It's like however long the speech is, and it's like twice that and they get out of the room because everyone's like waiting to shake his hand. And if you're already in that room, you're an extremely important person, right? Um, I mean, these are senators and congressmen who are like, oh, Obama, Obama, can I, you know, like, get to shake your hand? And I was watching, like, some of these guys, they're, they're out there, and they're, like, Obama's not to them yet, and they're just kind of, like, putting their hand out. They're, like, waiting. I mean, I would feel so insecure if I'm standing there with my, my hands out, no one's shaking it yet, but, but it's worth it, because in a second, the president might shake my hand, you know? Um, we want that. If there's someone important, someone who's amazing, like, we get to know them, that's awesome. Uh, to say that it can be true that there's a way that we can know the all-powerful God, uh, the one who designed and created the universe, the expanse of which we don't even know the ends of, um, and we get to somehow uh, know him, that we get to have some taste of the, of the glory of his character, that he would listen to something that we might uh, say, that he would do something for us or care for us, to, to, to see something of, uh, of perfection in action um, is mind-blowingly incredible. Um, I'm not sure that Obama would shake my hand if I put it out there. Um, that, that we might have God be willing to, to know us uh, and do more than, than shake our hand, to be, to be accepted by someone infinitely greater than us, um, instantly makes us, gives us worth. Um, instantly makes us worth something. But even more amazing than, than just that, uh, just being somehow known by God and knowing Him, it's amazing to be admitted when God knows all our wrongs. And God knows all our weaknesses. 
He knows our ignorance and our waywardness and where we are. Like, right, it's one thing to sneak in somewhere that you're not allowed. Um, you know, like you just look on the little list of who's, who's on there. That's what they do in the movies, right? You look and see someone else's name and you just tell that or you put on the disguise and you get in somewhere that you're not supposed to uh, be able to get at. But, um, but whenever, you know, if you've just snuck in, you're kind of, you're kind of waiting for when someone's going to find out that you're not really supposed to be there, when someone's going to call security, and you're kind of, you know, ushered out humiliatingly that you really didn't, you didn't fit. Even though you were there, you weren't really supposed to. I think that's the way a lot of us uh, feel about God. Um, maybe right now I can pray to God, um, I can come, I can go to church, and maybe this hope is really for me, but if, if I'm not going to tell God what's really going on, I'm not going to be open about my sin, because if God really knew, what would he think of me? God knew I did that. No one knows I did that. Um, what, would, what would he think? What would happen? Um, we're afraid that we'd, that we'd get kicked out. <laughs> Uh, I remember some uh, some friends of ours were having a, a dinner party. We're up in Philadelphia. Just some couples, uh, other couples we have, all friends, and and they were inviting to us over. And uh, Karen was a nurse at the time. She was working that evening, so she wasn't going. But um, but I went ahead over there. Um, and I was a little bit later. And um, and I remember going up to the apartment complex. I knew they were already in there. And knocking on the door, looking for just good times with friends. And it ended up being a real good time with friends. But I knocked on the door, and this is what I heard. Is any, are you expecting anyone else? And I hear the girls whose house it is like, no, we're not expecting anyone. Oh, my goodness, like my heart is dead. Um, and honestly, like, this is what I did. It's on the, on the second floor, uh, and I looked, and I'm like, He's on the other side of the door. Cannot jump over the banister without being heard and making more of a fool of myself. And if so, you know, would I still be able to get out without someone looking out the window? Like, that was my thought. Like, I don't want to be there in this place where I'm not really wanted. And uh, they're, they're wonderful. It was fun. It wasn't a big deal. And had a good time with, with friends. But, but we know that feeling of like, oh, if I'm caught and I'm, I'm thrown out, I'm not really wanted here. That's what we're afraid. That's what we're afraid God thinks of us. God really knows we're not, we're not included. Um, uh, God knows, he knows all of our wrongs. He knows them fully. He knows them completely. He knows, uh, he knows them more deeply than, than we're willing to admit to ourselves. The heart's deceitful. But God knows the heart. Searches all things. Uh, right? It's, it's while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, it's, it's the world and its rebellious unbelief and rejection of God that God loved enough uh, to send His Son that whoever uh, believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God knows your secret sins, uh, your dirty secret uh, sins that you're afraid for anyone else to hear. And His love is lavished on believers who, who trust in Christ. His, his love is lavished on you through the blood of Christ. Um, we can be encouraged. Because Jesus gives us admission into, into God's presence. Not only has He as our representative gained admission Himself, uh, but, but He's the source of eternal salvation. Jesus as our representative has paved the way into God's presence uh, for our acceptance. He was tempted every way as we are, yet without sin. Um, we know the tests we've failed. We know the things that we've uh, dropped off from. We know when we didn't obey, we didn't love our neighbor certainly not love God or not do right. When sin was appealing, 
going with for it. Um, um, Jesus understands. Jesus came through it all uh, successfully on our behalf. So, so it says of Jesus that we don't have a priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. He's been tempted. He's had the fullness of the struggle that we've gone through, and, and how he relates to us is in compassion. And instead of the condemnation of, yeah, but you really screwed up. I understand. I know what you went through. Uh, but I went through it for you that you would receive God's love. That you would receive it as if you passed every test uh, with, uh, with flying colors because I have. I've done it to cover your weakness. Uh, to bring you uh, into God. Uh, Jesus was, was saved from death as it talks about his prayer uh, to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard. Uh, so Jesus went through death. He suffered death bearing the penalty for our sins uh, but he was heard. His prayer was answered that he was raised from death on the other side because of his perfection uh, brought to life again. So as our, as our representative was victorious over death and over the penalty of death then we have the victory too because he's done it for us. He's the one we hope in. As Jesus ascended into heaven, um, he has become the source of eternal salvation to, to all who obey. As he's passed through uh, the heavens, um, he being made perfect became the source of eternal uh, salvation. Um, not, it's not that we have like his perfect example, and if we can keep up with that, then we get in. He's the source of it. Salvation flows out from him that he gives freely to all who come to him. He's gained that admittance for us. And Jesus then makes us acceptable to God. He makes us admitted before God. He makes us loved by God, praised, even honored in God's presence for what he's done in us. What we long for, and what we're so much afraid that it might never be able to happen, what we long for, Jesus has secured for us. So we have confidence that he is with the Father. Uh, he's, he's our representative. We have it in him. He's our proof and our confidence. There's a struggle now. still a struggle uh, for us to, to believe that all this is it's going somewhere. Uh, that we actually get in. That we could actually fit, be accepted, and not kicked out. If our, if our insecurities about ourselves lead us to, to pull away from other people, um, how can we continue to believe that, that God would admit us? It's a struggle when we see others reject us. Um, it's a struggle when we disappoint others. It's a struggle when we know that we've, we've offended God. Even from within the, within the faith, it's, it's, difficult to, it's difficult to admit our wrong, to admit our weakness, to admit our need, because we feel like that means we don't get in difficult to, to look to Christ. Knowing our guilt, we feel like we're excluded. Like we, like we feel like we've excluded ourselves because we crossed the boundary. We feel like we could have lost our mission and we, we got kicked out. But for those outside of uh, Christianity, see, it's maybe even more difficult. It, this offers something like beyond the rest of our experience and how we relate to, to other people um, that it seems too good to be true. From outside looking in, you say, Seems too good to be true. Maybe it's maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a hope. They they can encourage themselves in, but is it is it real? Uh, and to you, I'd say, I struggle. Don't don't exclude yourself uh, before you before you've learned what's promised. Um, don't let your 
Let your fear of possibly being excluded keep you away from that open invitation to come in. How the sign in Christ is not one of no admittance, but of, but of welcome, of grace and love. The gospel's the gospel is greater than all our fears. It's greater than our insecurities. It's bigger uh, than what we're afraid of. We don't have to have a ticket to get in. Uh, we don't have to be able to buy something to get in. We don't have to kind of cash in with a favor of our friend who knows someone that can kind of get us into this place. Uh, what we have to do is admit that we're unworthy. That we don't have a right to it ourselves. Admit that we're unworthy and look for admittance uh, to the only one who is worthy. Who gives it freely. Who's gone through for us. Uh, you never just kind of walk into the house of someone that you didn't know. You're just kind of randomly going down the street. You're like, oh, I'm not going to lock, but it seems like a nice house. i going to go look around for a little bit. Maybe they have a comfortable sofa. I can watch some TV and just kind of walk in, right? Uh, so you're like, what, what, who are you? What are you doing? You know, get out of my house. And if they don't throw you out, they're going to come and call the cops who are going to come throw you out. Um, you never just walk into someone's house. But on the other hand, if you're... If you're friends with the, the, the son or the daughter of that person, and you've never met them, you don't know the owner of the house, but you're, you're hanging out with their son, you feel comfortable. If they, if they walk in, you don't kind of balk at the door like, ah, you know, like, I'm sure it's all right for, for me to still come in because I haven't met your parents who own the house. Can you make sure to get their permission? Uh, first, you're with the son. You, you, you go in. Oh, the, the same is true for us. In fact, more so in the greater reality of the gospel, Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Son of God. Let's hold our confession to Him. He's passed through the heavens. Are we coming to Him? Jesus, Jesus is the Son, and He's inviting us in with Him. And not only are we, are we entering with the Son, but the Father has sent the Son in order to make you acceptable, in order to grab you and bring you into the house with Him. He sent out that invitation. Consider all that God's done in order to accomplish salvation. Uh, how he freely gave up his own son, how Christ was condemned, how God was allowing him to suffer, all for the purpose, as Hebrew puts it, of bringing many sons to glory, all for the purpose of, of bringing us into salvation, of saving broken, messed up people like us. And do we think that now God would stop short? I know, I know I've you know, allowed Jesus to be crucified, I know I've, I've sent him into all the suffering of the world, but, but now, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to and I'll let you in. Uh, but he stopped short of welcoming us into his arms. Of here's, here's the fruit of what his purpose of redemption has been about. And again, calling us into his glory. That we might see it. That we might bask in it. That we might see his glory and receive his grace. We, uh, we even delight. Uh, we are his delight. His, his, his joy. He's given up much in order to, to grant us admission into the fullness of his love. Right? And so we're invited uh, not simply to come in, uh, but as the passage puts it, uh, to come boldly, to come uh, confidently before the Holy God through Christ. Let us, end with this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we, we struggle to come, and we struggle to come boldly, um, but we ask for grace that we would. Uh, Lord, we thank you uh, that what you tell us is that, is that when we're in need and when we're messed up and when we're doing wrong and when we've done wrong, 
uh, we can receive grace and mercy and find help and find forgiveness in you and find uh, love for you through Christ. Lord, we, we don't know how to understand such a great love, uh, but we want to bask in it. Uh, we want to know it. Lord, we pray that you would give us confidence that we are uh, admitted into uh, your house, your kingdom, your family, and that we would know your love in its fullness. We pray that that truth uh, would sink into our hearts, that you would cause us to believe it, that you would work it out in how we live. And we, uh, we praise you that you are a God who loves. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.